Well, can we welcome you one and all to our service of worship here in Hebron today? We're going to commence by turning to hymn number 640. O breath of life, come sweeping through us, revive thy church with life and power. O breath of life, come cleanse, renew us, and fit thy church to meet this hour. We'll stand as we sing, please, this opening hymn. Turn for our Bible reading today to the book of Psalms and chapter 40. Psalm and chapter 40. This is what the word of the Lord had to say. I said I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was done with silence. I held my peace even from good. My sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue, Lord, make, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Many O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done. My thoughts which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears 
hast thou opened, burnt offerings and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness, my truth from the great congregation, that all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Ending our reading at verse 17, we trust that the Lord will add with his own divine stamp of blessing and approval the public reading of his precious word. We are delighted to have with us one of our ruling elders, our brother Jonathan Macaulay, and we're going to ask Jonathan if he'll now come and lead us to the throne of grace in prayer. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we give thee thanks for the privilege it is to bow in thy presence this morning. We thank you, Lord, that the, for the love that drew salvation's plan and the grace that brought it down to man and the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. We thank you, Lord, for the miracle of grace, Lord, that worked in those of us that are saved hearts. We thank you, Lord, for what you did for us. We thank you, Lord, for what you mean to us. And, O oh Lord, as we come even to this worship service, we pray that you will be with us. We pray for an outpouring of thy Holy Spirit upon us. We thank you, Lord, for the atonement for our sins. We thank you for that mercy and truth were met together and righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We thank you, Lord, for uh, even the time, Lord, that we will spend around thy table this morning. We thank you, Lord, how precious it will be, even as we remember the life, the death, and the resurrection of our lovely Savior. We pray, Lord, you'll be with us today. We thank you, Lord, for what has really gone into eternity, even this morning in this place. We thank you for the precious time, even in the early morning uh, season of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for the Sunday school and the gospel that was faithfully proclaimed by the teachers even there to the boys and girls. We pray, Lord, that that word will not return unto the void. And now, Lord, we pray for our brother Phil as he comes to bring thy precious word. We thank you for thy word. We thank you, Lord, that it's uh, quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray, Lord, you'll back that word home by the power of thy spirit. Speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, there's many within our congregation, there's many of us going through difficult times Many of us, Lord, even family issues, we have maybe financial problems. There's different things that face each one of us. And we pray, Lord, there'll be a word in season for each one of our hearts. We think of those within our congregation that are, have been recently bereaved. We think of the Calderwood family. And we think of Mamie and Jean and Evelyn. We pray you'll bless them at this time. Be unto them all that they would need. And for others, Lord, that are sick, uh, are on their sick list, we just pray for each one. We pray you'll be unto them all that they would need. We thank you, Lord, for your good hand upon each one of us. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us to walk daily the way that you'd have us walk, that we'd walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We thank you for our pastor, and we just pray, Lord, you'll bless him at this time, even as he is in holidays. We pray, Lord, you'll bless him there in the land of Israel. And as he walks in the footsteps of our dear Saviour, we pray, Lord, you will bless him and his wife. Bring him back refreshed and, Lord, with a fresh vigor even to do thy work. 
We pray, Lord, you'll bless us today. We thank you, Lord, for this Sabbath day. We pray, Lord, that you will help us even uh, individually, as families, and even as a congregation, to hallow this special day, to keep it holy, to bless, even, Lord, that you would bless our time here together. Bless us, Lord, this day, and do us good, and we'll be careful to give thee all the praise, the honor, and the glory. For it's in thy name we ask it. Amen. Can I thank our brother Jonathan for leading us to the throne of grace in prayer? We're going to turn to a hymn. I don't believe we've ever sung this in the church before, but we're going to try it today anyway. It is a hymn, hopefully, that you will know. I trust in God wherever I may be, upon the land or on the rolling sea, for come what may, from day to day, my heavenly Father watches over me. We'll stand as we sing this great old gospel hymn, please.
Well, can we give you a warm and a friendly word of welcome to our service of worship here in Hebron today. If you're visiting with us for the first time, a special word of welcome to you. We also extend to our worldwide audience, those who are on Sermon Audio, Facebook and YouTube, a special word of welcome also. I understand that our brother Chris McLean, I've just seen Chris now and his dear wife Sarah are in with us. Our brother has just started his studies for the Christian ministry in the land of Scotland. We mentioned this a few weeks ago uh, to pray for Chris and Sarah as he uh, commences this study of the Word of God and over these next few years will train to show himself approved unto God. We trust that the Lord will bless him and open the door of opportunity for both he and Sarah in the days which lie ahead. Immediately after the service this morning, we have the Lord's table. The only qualification is that you have experienced the new birth, that you are born again of the Spirit of God, that you're walking consistently before the God of your salvation. If those qualifications are fulfilled in your life, then please feel free to join with us immediately after this service. Each quarter we gather together as uh, an oversight and office bearers of the church for a season of prayer, and that season of prayer takes place today at 5.30, and so for the office bearers of the church we will gather in the committee room at 5.30 today. Please remember the family night service, it will be led by our brother Mervyn, and uh, at our family night this evening will be the Reverend Simon Anderson, minister of our Ochnacloy congregation, Simon was with us for his last year of studies. He was placed here in Hebron. And then there's the North Coast Youth Rally. The speaker on that occasion is going to be Mr. Philip Harton, and it's to take place in Bushmills Free Presbyterian Church on Sunday, the 1st of October at 8.45, so we would encourage the youth of our church, to um, put that in your diary and to uh, go along there and listen to our brother who has been so faithful in the martyrs over many, many years. He's now uh, moved from the martyrs, but he's still involved in youth work. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. we have the Hebron Tots, and again, they're still looking for volunteers. Please see Julie if you feel that you can do something for the Lord here in just helping out, even if it's just uh, a few days a month, please see Julie uh, in order to uh, be of some assistance. On Tuesday at 7pm, Youth Challenge will start back once again. Please pray for Andrew and the team as they uh, try to connect with the, the youth of the area and win these young ones for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Andrew did give me uh, a further announcement to make that two special requests here. First of all, an appeal for more workers on a Tuesday night. They need adults to come along on the the minibuses in order to be workers. We need so many uh, adults or so many young people uh, to help uh, with transporting the the children from their homes to the church here and back home afterwards. And then immediately after the service this evening, there will be a short meeting for those who are involved in Youth Challenge, a short meeting tonight for the followers, uh, followed by a time of prayer. So a short meeting immediately after the meeting tonight. On Wednesday is the Ladies' Fellowship at 8 p.m., The speaker on that occasion will be uh, our own Rebecca Gibson. Um, Please pray for Rebecca. It's not easy to speak in your home church. Please pray that the Lord might bless her as she brings uh, a message before the ladies on Wednesday evening. And then the singer and the soloist on that occasion is our sister Naomi Johnson. Please pray for Naomi as she ministers in song through the ministry of music. Hebron's Ladies Fellowship, therefore, is on Wednesday, the 4th of October at 8 o'clock. The midweek prayer meeting and Bible study, as normal, at 8 p.m., 
and the preacher on this occasion will be Mr. David McCauley. Please come along and support our brother on that occasion also. Friday is the Youth Fellowship at 8pm. It's also the meeting uh, of our presbytery. I believe it's in Castle Derg, and again, that's at 8pm also. Please remember the open air that's due to take place in the town centre on Saturday next at 11am. And then there's the harvest services. The harvest services uh, begin Saturday evening at 7.30. The speaker on that occasion is going to be our dear friend and brother, Mr. Stephen Greer. And uh, I understand that the, the Hebron Choir will also be singing on that occasion. And I think Mr. Greer is also going to be bringing a message in song himself. On Sunday, at the noonday service, of course, we always have along Dr. John Douglas in the will of God. We trust that our brother will be able to come along and share what the Lord has laid upon his heart with the congregation here. And then on Sunday evening at 7 p.m. for the gospel service, the Reverend Garth Wilson from our Sandown Road congregation will be along in the will of the Lord. Our pastor and his dear wife should be back on, with us on that occasion. <coughs> Excuse me. Harvest preparations, therefore, those wishing to contribute flowers or fruit, etc., please leave them at the church on Thursday evening of this week, Friday afternoon at the very latest. And then we have the harvest suppers. <clears throat> Saturday, we're asking the ladies to provide, if you can, half a loaf of sandwiches and one dozen buns. And on the Sunday night, three quarters of a loaf of sandwiches and a dozen buns. Next Lord's Day, we commence with the early morning time of prayer at 8 a.m. If it's not your practice to come to that early morning time of prayer, could I encourage you so to do? It's one of the, the best meetings of the week. Sabbath school, <coughs> Sabbath school takes place at 10.30. And then the Bible class is at 10.45. Mervyn's doing a series of studies in Acts 17. Answers for perilous times. The relevance of the resurrection as the subject next Lord's Day. We've mentioned that at the worship service, 12 noon, the Hebron choir will be singing. And then, of course, please remember that we've had to cancel the testimony evening of our brother Courtney Harris. It was planned for the 15th of October, but our brother has taken on well and his family think that it would be unwise for him to travel on that occasion. Congratulations to Alex and Vanessa who have had another little girl, uh, Ruth Barnabeo Rodriguez. And so we we'll pray for uh, Alex and Vanessa as the Lord has being pleased to, to bless them with this little one. Children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Please remember those who are on the prayer list. The list continues to grow on a, on a weekly basis, but please remember to bring them before the throne of grace in prayer. And then last but by no means least, please pray for our Ukrainian sisters and brethren as they endeavour to um, sojourn with us here and as they endeavour to have a great burden for their folks back home. Please pray that the Lord might bring a cessation of violence in that country and that the war might be brought to an abrupt end end. We're going to wait upon you now for your tithes and offerings and re please remember that it's the let the Bible speak envelopes and the missionary covenant support is to be brought in today.
hymn that we're going to sing is How Deep the Father's Love for Us, How Vast Beyond All Measure, That He Should Give His Only Son to Make a Wretch His Treasure. And we'll keep our seats as the offering for the Lord's work is uplifted, please. could we turn in our Bibles to the first book of John and chapter 4? It is, of course, the, the chapter, the great chapter of love. And from verse 17 through to verse, verse 7, I should say, through to verse 21, I think I counted this morning that there's something like 26 mentions of love or loved or loveth. So it's the great chapter of love. We read in verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time, if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him, and he in us, 
because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Saviour of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and have believed the love that God hath chosen hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him, because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Ending our reading at verse 21, we trust that the Lord will add his divine stamp of approval to the public reading of his precious word. Let's bow for prayer, please. Father in heaven, as we now turn aside for just a short while to consider thy word, we pray that it might please thee to come amongst us, to bless and to thrill our hearts and souls, and grant that thou wilt teach us of the amazing love of God this day. We just commit and commend our time now to thy care, to thy keeping, take away from our thoughts outside distractions. Fix our mind's eye upon the written word today, we pray. For we ask these things in the Saviour's name. Amen. I want to deal with the the subject. It's It's a massive subject, the amazing love of God. If we were to choose out from, from all these verses that, that speak of, of love and loved and, and loveth, if we were to, to choose any one verse for our text, it would have to be verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. The story is told of a, a learned theologian who, uh, upon finishing his discourse and his lecture with his Bible students, encouraged them to, to forward and to ask him questions before he dismissed the class. After a short while, one of the students raised his hand. And he said, Sir, how can we know How can we be assured? How can we be completely guaranteed that the love of God, which is sovereign for sinners, is sufficient to get us to heaven? The learned lecturer pondered upon the question, And the rest of the the class waited in awe and wonder as to to what he would say, how he would answer the question. And after a, a few moments, the lecturer began to smile. He turned to the enthusiastic Bible student and he said, the best answer I can give you is this, that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And then he turned the thoughts and and the attentions of the class to this very verse. We love him 
because he first loved us. What a tremendous verse we have before us. Just eight simple words. But oh, what depth. Oh, what height. Oh, what breadth we can reach when we glean upon this simple text of Scripture. I wonder, have we ever pondered upon that thought? Have we ever really taken time to consider what the text teaches here? That we love Him because He loved us. I wonder, could we just consider that for a moment and allow that thought to saturate our souls? That the God of heaven, the maker and creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that fainteth not, neither is weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. He loves us. The one who was and is and ever shall be. The one who is known as the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He loves us with an eternal love. The one who is called in Scripture the Almighty, Jehovah God, placed his love upon his elected people. I wonder, can we just ponder that thought for a moment? That Jesus really does love me. And out of all the peoples, and out of all the nations and tongues and places in this world, he placed his love upon you and me. We've recently finished our gospel campaign in Dalriada School, and what a time, what a time we had over there for two weeks as our pastor came and opened up the scriptures and preached unto us the whole counsel of God. Each evening I, I looked forward to singing the, the mission hymn. I heard about a mansion that he built for me in glory. I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing of the old redemption story. And some sweet day, I'll sing up there the song of victory. I wonder if you ever thought about that time when all those who are redeemed will sing the song of victory in heaven. When one day this heart of mine and the heart of yours will take its last beat. When we will take our last breath in this old world. When our eyes will close for the very last time. And they'll be opened in glory. And we'll see that mansion that we sang about in the school prepared for us from before the foundations of the world. Our feet will walk along that highway of gold in heaven, which we sang about. We'll see the crystal river. We'll behold the gates of pearl. I find myself often transfixed with what it will be like when I close my eyes in death. And open them in the new Jerusalem. I often think, you know, about the friends who have gone on before. I'll be able to see my, my mum and dad again who, who made a profession of saving faith in Christ. Won't that be wonderful? To be reunited with the loved ones who have gone on before. There is a great reunion day ahead of all the redeemed. I'll see my own old pastor, Pastor Fleming, so instrumental in my life and in Tracy's life when we were 
when we were young people. We'll see our beloved sisters and brethren who have gone on before. Looking forward to seeing Dr. Paisley up there, you know. Dr. Cairns. The Reverend Elliot. All those who fought the good fight, who finished the course, who kept the faith. Looking forward to seeing our brother John Curry again. Think of the opportunities that we'll have to to commune with Abraham, the father of the faithful, or Moses, the distinguished deliverer of Israel. Think of David, the conversations we can have with, with David, that man after God's own heart. Peter, James, John, all the apostles, they'll all be there. But oh, I long to see my Savior, first of all. I wonder, have you ever thought about the conversation that will take place between you and the Savior if he permits us to, to speak to him on that great coronation day? I've thought. I've thought about what I might say. And it's simply this. Why, Lord? Why out of all the peoples and nations of this world why did you ever place your love upon me why me Lord what have I ever done to deserve even one of the blessings I've known tell me Lord what did I ever do that deserved loving you or all of the kindness that you've shown. Lord, what led you to place your love upon me from before the foundations of the world? Beloved, if permissible, I want to remind them of this verse. Lord, I only loved you because you first loved me. And so for a few brief moments, I just want to, to consider the amazing love of God. Folks, it's undeserved love. The love that God extends to sinners such as we is completely undeserved. In the beginning, a way back in eternity past, long before the Lord hung this world in space, we could say, as the hymn writer once said, before the world in order stood, or earth received her frame. God, in the three persons of his majesty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God in Trinity, and Trinity in unity, met in holy council. And the purpose of that meeting the purpose was to consider the great plan of redemption for his people. Mr. Park was preaching towards the end of the mission and I thought he's going to steal my thunder here because I'd already prepared this thought. But don't think for a moment that when Adam fell from the estate wherein he was created, that God had to he had to think up some other game plan to redeem his people, to draw the lost back to himself. Adam's fall came as no surprise to God. God didn't have to create, as our pastor said a few days ago, a plan B. When Adam messed things up in this world, the Lord already had the great plan of redemption in place. The triune Godhead looked down across the great expanse of eternity and in his wisdom and in his unscrutable counsel, he developed a great plan to redeem an elect people. 
In short, God loved the world of sinners lost and ruined by the fall, redemption full at highest cost, he would offer free to all. Salvation full at highest cost, he offered to you and to me. And our God loved the unlovable. He loved us out of his own sovereign will. And he placed his love upon us, and he did more than that. He wrote our names in the Lamb's book of life, which would never be eradicated. He was able to say to the weeping prophet Jeremiah, in chapter 1 and verse 5, before I form thee in the belly, he's able to say to Jeremiah, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, I set thee apart, and I ordained thee. When Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, he could say, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. We read in John's gospel that ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring forth fruit. No man, the Lord Jesus said, no man can come unto the Father except the Father which hath sent me draw him. It's called irresistible grace. And so there was nothing in your life, nothing in my life that could have warranted, that could have merited the favor of God for his love to fall upon you and me. It's all about his grace. It's all about his mercy. It's all about his salvation. We had no interest in him, you see, in our fallen, lost estate. We had no time for his people, no time for his house, no time for his word, no time for his death, his resurrection, his ascension. In fact, we were avowed enemies of God. It's amazing that he loved us when we were unlovable. Way back in 2007, I I had the joy of, of going to uh, the battlefields of France, to the, the Somme area. Went to the grave of uh, a man by the name of <clears throat> Captain Noel Chavas. He was the son of a gospel preacher. During the, the battle, he was awarded a Victoria Cross and Bar, which is equivalent to two Victoria Crosses. I st- as I stood at his grave, I, I remember looking down at the inscription that was, was written there. It was taken from John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And you know, the more I thought about the Lord Jesus laying down his life for his friends... He called us friends, but we were his enemies. We had no time, no thought, no consideration for him. Yet he laid down his life for his people. We love him because he first loved us. And it was undeserved love that he placed upon us. But not only do we have undeserving love, we also have God's unfailing love. We often sing, don't we, that his love has no limits, his grace has no measure, his power no boundaries known unto man, for out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth, he giveth, he giveth again. 
We live in a, a broken world. It's a broken world filled with broken promises and in many ways broken people. There are many broken homes and, and broken marriages and, and broken hearts. In fact, there are communities, there are nations that are broken in this world. But Jesus is the greatest hope for the brokenhearted. Why? Because his love for his people is unfailing love. Remember, he first loved you and I even when we were broken by sin. We read in Psalm 46 that, that well-known text of Scripture, Psalm 46 verse 1, that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. There are times, you know, when you and I will mess up our lives. Times when we'll get things wrong in these lives of ours. Times when we will miserably fail the God of heaven. And all too often, when we make shipwreck of our lives, it brings heartache. It brings discouragement. It brings distress, concern, and, and disappointment to many of our loved ones. But our God is a very present help in those times of trouble. And He exhibits His unfailing love towards His unlovable people. His love is unfailing towards us. It will not pass with the passing of time. His love will not wane and it will not grow weary for you and I. His love will not falter and His love will not fail. His love, the Bible says, standeth sure. We read in the Psalms that the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and he bindeth up their wounds. His love never faileth because he has unfailing love for you and for me. I wonder, do you know anything? of that love this afternoon. The love that God has in the person of Jesus Christ for your soul. That he loved us so much that the God of heaven sent his only begotten son to bear your sins and to bear my sins in his own body on the tree. Not only do we have undeserved love, I have called you by your name. Thou art mine. And not only do we have God's unfailing love, his love never faileth. We also have in the scriptures his unending love. For it will last throughout the countless ages of eternity. His love is beyond measure. It's from the beginning of days right the way through till the end of times. It's eternal. And it's unchangeable love. It's from everlasting to everlasting. And our finite minds cannot grasp the expanse of the great love of God for sinners. The amazing thing is this, that nothing you do in your life for him from this day until the Lord calls or comes, nothing that we do will ever be able to make God love us more 
and he loves us right now. And nothing furthermore that we fail to do for him will have him love us any less than he loves us right now. You see, his love is simply beyond compare. And the deep, deep well of his love, beloved, it will never run dry for his people. It will never run dry for your soul and for my soul. And yet his unending love for you and me all began because of his sovereign will way back in eternity past. When he chose a people for himself and he placed his love upon them and he sent forth his son with a face like a flint to that place called Calvary where bearing shame, scoffing rude, in our place condemned, he stood. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel extra special today. That the high cost of the cross was all for you and I. For those who appropriated the grace of God. For those who stepped into Christ by faith alone. That the death of the Lord of glory in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ was all planned. It was all designed. It was all developed to reach your lost soul and to reach mine as well. And it was so undeserving. It's so unfailing. It's so unending. That the love of God should be made known to you and to me. Let's just turn as we close to, to Romans. That tremendous chapter in Romans chapter 8. We've read it so many times, haven't we? Romans chapter 8. And we read in verse 18 these words. Remember, Paul is writing to believers. And he says, For I reckon the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Look at verse 18. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified, and whom he justified, then he also what shall we then say to these things? And we can conclude by saying this. If God before us, friends, who, who can be against us? Look, we read in verse 35. Well, who shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ? In thinking of the amazing love of God, who can separate us from that love? Well, Paul answers the question here. Shall tribulation? The answer is no. Shall distress or persecution or famine? The answer is no. Nakedness or peril or sword? The answer is no. Look at verse 37. Nay, in all things, you and I, the people of God, are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul concludes, that neither death nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing love? Isn't it undeserving love? 
Isn't it unfailing love that he has? Isn't it unending love that he gives to all those who will call upon his name? Oh, primarily we have shared the word this morning with those who already know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who can look back to a time when they ask the Lord to come into their lives, forgive them of sins, cleanse them from all unrighteousness, but it may be. It may be that there is one in the house this afternoon. You've never experienced this love that so many of us have already embraced. You've never realized that God has placed his love upon a certain people and you're not in the fellowship this afternoon because you decided to come along, but in the predetermined counsel and foreknowledge of a great God. He has allowed you to to hear of the amazing, wonderful love that he has for the souls of men. Wouldn't it be a tragedy? Wouldn't it be awful if one day the Lord was to remind you of this message of his amazing love and of his amazing grace to sinners? And this morning you go out and trample underfoot the blood of the everlasting Son of an eternal God. Oh, I trust that the Lord may write his word indelibly upon all of our hearts and souls that the people of God may be encouraged as we look forward to that time when we enter into the new Jerusalem and we'll hear the well done of God. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Receive now the inheritance prepared for thee from before the foundations of the world. But he makes another appeal today for the lost. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And he promises that I will give thee rest. Let's bow for prayer. Father in heaven, we do pray, Lord, that you will speak through thy truth We thank Thee for help given from on high. Thank Thee, Lord, for the salvation of the souls of so many who are gathered in Hebron today. But, Lord, our hearts are heavy for those who have never entered into the fullness of Christ. We do ask, Lord, that this day they may call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. So, Lord, move in a mighty way thy wonders to perform and save souls even this day. For we ask it in the Saviour's name. Amen. We're going to conclude by turning to hymn number 485. Give me a sight, O Saviour, of thy wondrous love to me, of the love that brought thee down to earth to die on Calvary. Make me understand it. Help me, Lord, to take it in what it meant to thee, the Holy One, to bear away my sin. Once we get to the end of the first verse, if there are any who feel that they don't want to remain with us for the Lord's table, then please feel free to go at the end of verse 1. Thank you.
Thank you.